0: Hey there, this is Dustin McLean and Allie McLean, and we're pumped that you're joining with us today, and if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at OurPurpose.Church on all social media outlets, and on our website at www.OurPurpose.Church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Can we take five seconds and give Jesus the loudest salvation that we've given him all? We go, come on, I think we can get louder than that. We get louder at a basketball game. For the name of Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name that's above every name. Come on, you got five more seconds. Give it up for King Jesus in this place. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. High five, three people. Say, Jesus is king, Jesus is king, Jesus is king, and you can have a seat. You can have a seat, you can have a seat. Can have a seat. You can have a seat. I just want to take just a second as you're having a seat, and I want to welcome everybody that's watching in online or listening on the podcast. Man, we love you. we we'll welcome you into the room. Uh, and maybe if you're in the area, we just invite you to come be a part of what God is doing here. And so, uh, won't we love on everybody's watching? Put our hands together and welcome everybody in that's watching online. Love you guys, really thankful for you. We're in a series called Jesus is King. Has this been good for anybody over the last couple weeks? What we've been talking about. I hope it's meant something to you. I'm excited about it. And today is Palm Sunday. And uh, what, what is Palm Sunday? What it does is it just kicks off what we call Holy Week, right, which is the week as, as Jesus is about to, to make his way in uh, into Jerusalem. He's got, a, he's got a mindset knowing what he's come to do, knowing why he's here. And uh, there's a couple different things that we're going to walk through today, and I really love this story of the triumphant entry as we're going to talk about. Now, I want you to know that, that it's such a big deal, again, as we've been talking about over the last couple weeks, that all of history, all of the story uh, from the Old Testament to the New Testament has always been about Jesus. It's always been pointing to Jesus. And so, again, today what we're going to talk about is this idea that Jesus is king. Even in the Old Testament, that this actual entry was actually talked about and it pointed right to this man named Jesus. And I can't wait to talk about that uh, today. But, again, I'm just so excited for what God is going to do. This is a big deal. This story is a big deal. Because uh, if you know anything about the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four books in the New Testament. They're called the Gospels, right? Which are just four eyewitness accounts to the life and the and, and the walk of Jesus, like literally the wife and the ministry as he's living his life, as he's doing ministries, he's doing miracles. There are four eyewitness accounts to the life of Jesus. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all talk about different things a lot of times, different perspectives of the same thing that happened. And uh, what, what we see is that this shows up. The triumphant entry is such a big deal. It shows up in every single one of the Gospels. And out of all of the Gospels, if you added up all of the chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's 89 chapters. And of the last week, starting today, like if it, this was 2,000 years ago, Palm Sunday to the time that Jesus is resurrected, they spend 29 chapters on it. So you're talking about a third of the entire Gospels is about the last week of Jesus' life. So I don't know about you. I think it's something we should lean into. I think it's something that they're, they're trying to tell us is important, that you've got to know, that you've got to know that this is coming, that you've got to understand what is being talked about is a big deal. And so we're going to read uh, from, uh, you can find the triumphant entry in Matthew chapter 21. You can find it in Mark 11. You can find it in John chapter 12. But we're going to read from Luke chapter 19 today. Uh, Luke is something that just puts Personally, I'm in the middle of, as I'm reading in my time with the Lord, like like Luke is where I'm just diving in, and so I just want to read that, but here's what we're going to do in honor of God's Word. Kyle's still playing up here behind me. If we can, can we just stand to our feet? Stand to our feet just in honor of God's Word. We're going to read 12 verses. Everybody all right with 12 verses? About five of you. So everybody all right with 12 verses? All right. Well, we're going to read from Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. If you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. This is what the Bible says. It says this, after telling this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples, and as he came to the town of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Now we don't know who these two disciples they were, which ones they were. I got to just believe it had to be Peter cuz boy he had a big mouth. Come on somebody, right? disciples ahead. He said this, go into the village there. He told them, as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied that no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it to me. Uh, if anyone asks, why you untying that colt? Just saying, kind of God, what, he do, what what Jesus does there. He's kind of gives them a little cheat code. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the password because you're stealing a donkey, okay? Like, you're taking this donkey. This is the password. Just say that the Lord needs it, all right? Just say Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, hey, why are you untying that colt, right? And this is no different than what we would do, right? Somebody rolled up to your house, pulled up in your yard yard, jumped on your bicycle, jumped on your four-wheeler, jumped in your truck, you'd be like, yo, why are you getting up in my truck? You know, like, what are you doing in my truck? So this is not different. We see, we would do the same thing. Hey, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples, they just say, hey, the Lord needs it, right? The Lord needs it. Somebody say, the Lord needs it. The Lord needs it, right? So they brought the colt to Jesus. Obviously, he he gave it to them, brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down, if you know anything kind of about this road that Jesus is traveling on, it kind of makes a dip down before it starts to climb into the city what it says right there is as the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout. Okay, that's where I need y'all to just participate when we're reading. Okay, y'all ready? Because my ADHD self reads the Bible like that. So, so like, when we get to the word, when I say shout, I need y'all to shout. We good? Everybody good? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on. All right, good. Watch what the Bible says. Uh, when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout. Great job. And sing. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. You ain't got to do that right there as they walked along, watch what the Bible says, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. And they, again, all of the Bible points to Jesus. And what begins to happen is they begin to quote and they begin to say what happened in Psalm 18, which was thousands of years before, hundreds of years before this was written down uh, in Psalm 118. They were saying blessings on the king, or maybe you've read it before, read it before, where it says Hosanna. Somebody shout Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. And I want you to know that, again, I, we'll talk about this in just a second, but you got to realize this scene of what's going on. It's buzzing there. It's wild. I mean, it's just a crazy time. And there's some people there that we're going to talk about in just a second known as the Pharisees or the religious teachers. And they shout this to Jesus. They say some of the Pharisees among the crowd told Jesus, Hey, teacher, rebuke your father. For saying things like this, of blessing is the king. Blessed is the king that comes in the name. Rebuke them. Tell them to be quiet. I love this about Jesus, and I just wish I would get a church in Murray, Kentucky, to get excited about this right here. And Jesus replied back to the Pharisees, "You know what? If they keep quiet, the stones along the roads are going to burst out in cheers. And I just want to challenge us as a church in a world that tries to tell you and I, we better be quiet about the things of God. I want us to be a church." that is loud that we will say I will not be silent I will not back down I with my own voice I'm gonna lift up the name of Jesus I'm gonna be loud about what he's done how he saved me how he redeemed me how he set me free and I'm just gonna tell y'all ain't no rock gonna take my spot ain't no rock gonna take a spot of purpose church because we're gonna be loud about the things of God can we give God a big shout of praise in this place Jesus is king, y'all. Jesus is king. Let me pray for you and you can have a seat. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. God, I pray today, everything that we say, everything that we do, it would go to honor and lift up your name, Jesus. You're awesome. Thank you for what you've done. And Jesus is mighty, awesome, magnificent, marvelous, incredible name that we pray. And everybody said, good, amen, amen, amen. Why don't you give some people some knuckle love on the way to your seat. Tell them you're glad you're at church. I'm glad you're at church. Tell your your second choice, you know, tell your second choice. You could use a little Palm Sunday. Okay, go ahead. Just let them know that. uh, I love that. I'm really glad you're here. I'm just so thankful for you. This story is such a, I think it's just an impactful story when it comes uh, to to any, uh, literally, the last week of Jesus' life. Obviously, this story has a lot um, of great stuff that we're going to talk about today. There's many different players, but I kind of want to set the scene for what we just read. All right, we just read it. We kind of walked through that together. But what I want us to understand is that, again, as A.B. even said earlier, like it kind of can imagine for just a second the scene of where this is taking place. It's kind of like New York. City, Times Square uh, at midnight on New Year's Eve. Like, the place is wild. It's buzzing. It is It is like, oh my gosh, there's an energy there that is just, un, uh, it's, it's unexplained. You can't really talk about, I mean, there's a million people that line the road, is what a lot of uh, scholars believe, that lined the road that Jesus is riding down in on, and another million inside the city that are there ready for the Passover, ready to partake in that, and, and uh, man, it's just electric. Come on, y'all. It's kind of like what's happening in this room today, y'all are just electric, there's just something in here that man, it is different, it's different than how it's been before, and what I want to kind of do is just talk about a little bit about the the different people that we find in this story, that we see and we read about in this story, obviously we know that Jesus is coming in, it's a big deal, Jesus is on mission, he's ready to say, you know what, I know why I'm coming, I know what I'm about to set in on, I know what I'm about to do, but after, uh, obviously we'll talk more about what Jesus, did and how it means anything for us, but there's a couple more characters in this story that I want to talk through a little bit. The one of them uh, are the religious leaders, right? The religious leaders that we read about right at the very end of that passage of scripture. Again, just kind of setting the tone, setting the scene for where we're going to go and what we're going to talk about today is this idea that the religious leaders, guess what y'all, they are nervous about this dude named Jesus, Right? They are nervous. They they don't like him. They actually cannot stand Jesus. They can't stand that the Messiah is for the everyday common person like you and I. That the ones that the religious leaders said, you know what? Those people don't matter. We don't want nothing to do with them. That Jesus came and he loved those people. He served them. He he healed them. He was doing things for just the, the who they thought did not even deserve it. Right. And we see Jesus doing that. And these religious leaders, they begin to say, you know what? Well, this dude starting to take our power our words don't carry the authority or the weight that his do and so we are a little mad about that i'm not happy about it somebody say boo that's what their attitude is when it comes to this guy named jesus they don't want nothing to do they're nervous about what this entry is that jesus is riding into and then somebody else that's a little bit nervous a little on edge would be the roman government See, during this time, the Roman government had been uh, ruling over the, the Israelite people, literally the people of God. So you see that there is a lot of oppression that's happening. There's a lot of like, hey, you're going to be under our microscope, underneath our thumb. And what the Roman government began to get nervous about a little bit on edge is the fact, okay, there's two million people up in this place, and we don't know what this mob is about to do, and we're nervous that this dude is riding up this fanatic named Jesus. We don't know nothing about him, but like, like, what is he doing? Like, like? Like, like is he going to cause a riot? Is he going to cause a stir? Are they going to try and overtake the government? So the Romans are real nervous. So we got the religious leaders, we got the Ro- the, the Roman government, then we got the crowd, right? We got the people that are lining the, the streets that are in uh, Jerusalem for the Passover uh, week, and I mean, you see just the energy that's there. Because again, what they believe is about to happen is the fact that Jesus was coming to like like to come to set them free from the Romans. They really thought like, okay, this guy's coming and he's going to go to war for us. He's going to go to bat for us. Like he's going, he's going to establish a kingdom here on earth that we get to be a part of that ain't underneath nobody's thumb anymore. Right. And so the crowd is excited. They're like, finally, somebody shout Finally. Finally, our king has come. Finally, he's going to do some war on Rome. And then another group that's in this crew is the disciples. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all sometimes like can relate to the disciples? I know sometimes I can't because like in one moment as I'm reading, the disciples are all in, right? They're like, oh my gosh, yes, I'll follow you to the ends of the earth. And in the next moment, they're like, ooh, I'm really doubting what I'm supposed to be doing right now, right? Anybody ever been there, Right. I think a lot of us can kind of relate with the disciples, but the disciples are just this this ragtag group of guys that have been following Jesus. They don't really know what's going on. They're kind of hanging on for the ride. And again, they're thinking that God that 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 is going to establish an earthly kingdom right here on earth that would take the place of, of the government and they were going to be like, Jesus is going to be president, they were going to be the cabinet, right? They were going to be the decision makers. Ooh, look at us. And so they are just really confused and all of a sudden on the way to the parade, they get asked to go and look at a donkey, all right? I'm talking about a donkey. Anybody ever been on your way somewhere somebody calls you, like you're excited about it and they ask you to do something else? Anybody ever say, hey, y'all, I know you're on your way, can you grab some ice, Come on, no, I won't grab no ice. Come on, anybody ever been there? Anybody, you been you on the way to the? You excited about the party? Hey, yo, 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 hey, you ain't here yet. You mind grabbing some ice? No, I don't want to grab no ice. I want to come to the party, right? We see the very same thing I feel like happen when it comes to the disciples in this story, and the fact that they don't know what's going on. They thinking we are about to head to this parade. It's going to be great. Oh, first I got to go find a donkey, right? A donkey of all things. A donkey, you know what I'm saying? A, a, a donkey, all right? And, and I got to thinking about this story. Again, just setting the scene for all of us here. We got Jesus who knows why he's coming. You got the people that are excited. You got religious people that are nervous. You got the Roman government that's on edge. You've got, and the people have their own agenda, right? They're thinking that Jesus is coming, man, he's going to be the guy that, that leads us out of oppression Sets up this new government that we'll have here, and we'll be free from, from the Roman government. But Jesus did not come to wage war against Rome. Jesus came to do war against sin, death, hell, and the grave. And there is a greater purpose that Jesus was coming, and here comes Jesus riding on a donkey. A donkey. Come on, somebody say a donkey. All right, like if I could, if I could retitle today's message, like you can put like a, it's an addendum, right? Prophecy fulfilled, but I would talk about life lessons from the donkey. Come on, somebody, right? That's what we're gonna talk about today, and I want you to know that this donkey is important because he is taking Jesus into the city. He's taking Jesus to the very place that Jesus is knowing that he's supposed to go and die for our sins. And this donkey is the means of transportation for that. And I think there's a few things that we can learn from this actual donkey that we see. But I want you to know, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, that all of Scripture points to Jesus. That it all points to him. That even in the B.C., even before Jesus shows up in the nativity scene, the fact is that the Bible is still pointing to him. In fact, it actually points to this triumphant entry that we see 520 years before is predicting that the king would ride in on a donkey. You want to see it? It's in Zechariah chapter 9. This is 520 years before Jesus is coming into Jerusalem to start off Palm Sunday and the Holy Week. All right. so this is what the Bible says. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. It says rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Rejoice, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph. Kind of sounds a little bit like what's happening at the triumphant entry as Jesus is coming in shout in triumph O people of jerusalem look your king is coming to you he is righteous and victorious watch this yet he is humble riding on a what a donkey, a donkey right riding on a donkey's colt. and what jesus does is ultimately by sending these disciples to go fetch a donkey to bring it back to him that he is fulfilling prophecy that was spoken about 520 years before. What I want us to understand, again, is that all of the Bible points to Jesus. All of it points to him. But as I get to thinking about this story and I get to thinking about why Jesus, and he rode in on, of all things, a donkey, right? And if I was Jesus, come on, like, could you put yourself in that situation? I wouldn't be coming in on a donkey. Come on, somebody, right? You know what I'm coming in on? I'm coming in on a thoroughbred. Come on, somebody, just... (laughs) You know, I'm coming in, I'm on, a, I'm on a thoroughbred, right? I'm on a Clydesdale just st- stomping. That's what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm coming in, I'm setting up high, I'm riding a Mustang. I don't care what it is. I'm, I'm on top of a camel. I don't care what happens. Like, I'm coming in something other than a donkey. Like, let's be real, it's a donkey. What, what seems so meaningless, so insignificant, yet it's the very thing that God chooses to use And I just think there's something about it that a lot of us can learn from this donkey. I think it's something that a lot of us can be encouraged by, that God chooses to use the donkey. Even what may seem insignificant, even what may seem small, that God chooses the meaningless to a lot of people, the insignificant to make the most impact. And I just want to challenge some of us. You may think that you have no purpose, that you have no meaning, but I'm here to tell you, just like this donkey, that you have those things. And I want to just show us some life life lessons from the donkey. Everybody okay with that? About six of you. So everybody okay with that? Yeah. All right, good. Number one, I got four points for you. I want, I want you to write them down. Life lessons from the donkey. Number one is he had a purpose. He had a purpose. You got to understand something that this donkey, as the Bible says, Jesus is telling them, hey, go into the village over there. He told them as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. See, you gotta understand this about this little donkey is the fact that he's not just being ridden by everybody. Excuse me. He's not just giving himself over to everybody. No, no, no. That through the sovereignty of God, through the grace of God, that he had this donkey designed for a purpose, and that purpose was to carry the king. See, what I want to encourage some of you in this room that you walked in or you're watching online today, you think in your life that you have no purpose, but you, let me encourage you, have been put on this planet to live out the purpose that God has intended for you to live out. Not the life that everybody else says, not the life that your past tries to tell you, not the life that your failures try to hold you back. No, no, no. There is a better plan. There is a better way. There is a better purpose. And that's not mine and your way. That is God's way. God's plan works. God's way works. God's purpose works. Does anybody believe that? Can we give them a big shout of praise in this place? I believe that with all of my heart. And again, that's the heartbeat of our church. At this church, we exist to connect people to Jesus, that you and I, we will never understand our purpose until we start there, that we connect to Jesus, that we realize what he did for us on the cross, that we realize that he went and he died in my spot, the death that I should have died, the the payment that I should have paid, that Jesus died in my spot. And we want to connect people to Jesus, and we want to help people live on purpose. That you got to understand that God, I, I call it like there's the general will of God, which is kind of like these are the things that you and I are called to do as Christians, but I also believe that there is a specific will of God, that God is wanting to use you specifically, that God is wanting to use you wherever he's called you to go. And there is a purpose for your life. The reason why we do next the reason why we, why we do cruise and the fact is that you can choose to grow alongside some other people. You can choose to say, you know what, I'm not going to stay the same. I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep discovering what my purpose might be. That's the whole reason why even the name of our church, Purpose Church, that we believe according to Romans 8:28 that God works together all things of the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his what? Purpose, right? I want you to understand something. You might think that you have no purpose, but God has a purpose for you. Just like this donkey, they thought, oh, my goodness, no, I don't have, any, don't have any like purpose at all. This donkey had a specific purpose, and I just want to encourage you today. You have a purpose. Everybody good with that? All right, number two, I want you to write this down. Number two is this idea that he was where he was supposed to be. Right? This donkey was where he was supposed to be. See, see, the Bible says that they went out and they found the cult just as Jesus said. Just as he said. So he wasn't just here and there. He was at his post. He was where he was supposed to be. And sometimes I know this to be true that it is hard sometimes to stay planted and put into the word of God. Like it's hard to sometimes stay planted in what God's word says in a culture that is constantly shifting. In a a culture that, that we're going to put our faith and our trust in what God's word has to say... And what his word says is truth in a world that the truth is constantly changing to everybody. It's hard to be where you're supposed to be when truth is always changing in the world around you. But again, God has asked us and called us to be planted in his word. And again, the devil, I know so many times in my life, he wants to preoccupy us. He wants us to get around roaming around, not being in the very place that we're supposed to be. Why? Because that is then we're never at the place that we're supposed to be to be, if we're always wondering and roaming and searching and following after everything else that comes and goes, God is wanting you and I to be where he's called us to be. You may think that your job, man, I shouldn't be here, that's not something I should, like really, do I need to be in this spot? Listen, be where God has posted you, where he told you to be and be faithful in the middle of that because we all have tendency to roam. Right, me included, we all have tendency to do that. It's, it's hard not to stay planted. And I can just imagine this little donkey tied up to this post, all these little other donkeys running by, just, you mm, know, follow us. Whatever a donkey does, I don't really know if they do that. But like, they follow us, come on with us, come do what we're doing. Oh, we're going to run around, we're just going to run, run through the streets, right? And what begins to happen is sometimes in our same life, we run off with people and God comes and he needs us and you and I are not where we're supposed to be. And what I just want to challenge some of us, we find ourselves trying to be like everybody else, doing what everybody else is doing, but God is calling you and I to be where he has us planted, in the word of God, in a crew growing alongside of people, at the church doing whatever we can, because I really do believe that God wants to use you that God wants to use your life, that God wants to use your words, that God wants to use your workplace, the places that you go, the the sphere of influence that you have at our schools, in our family, as a young man, as a senior adult, as a teenager, that I really do believe that God wants to use you and I to bring the message of hope, healing, forgiveness, and salvation to a lost and dying world. Come on, is anybody in here saying, you know what, I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be? He had a purpose, right? This donkey had a purpose. He was where he was supposed to be. He wasn't wandering out, doing all kinds. No, no, no. He was exactly where he was supposed to be. The third thing, if you're ready for it, are you ready? Say, I'm ready. Ready. Third thing is this. He got free. Ooh, I can preach that right now. Okay. Just give me a little organ right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. He got free. I want you to see as I read like these three and a half verses, how many times this word untying comes up, right? Because this is what I want you to see. Is, is, is right here in verse 31. As you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden it. Untie it, there's one, and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Why, why is he getting free? Why is that colt getting free? Just say that the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, three, the owners asked them, why are you untying That cult, and the disciples simply said, the Lord needs it. See, this is what I know is that we live in a world that loves to tie you and I up. That we live in a world that, that what happens in life is that this world wants to bind you and me. That sin wants to enslave us. That Satan wants to destroy you and hold you captive by bringing up your past, by bringing up failures, by bringing up other people's definition of who you are called to be. But I just want to challenge some of us. You've got to understand the freedom that Jesus has given when he died on the cross for you and I. And I love, I love this about this little coat right here. He had to be untied before he could be used right I, right here he had to be loosened to live out his mission mm, like i said mm, i could just preach that right there just a little mm, just, blah, blah, blah. all right i could preach that we can spend a lot of time on that but this is what i'm challenged by Is the fact that this world wants to enslave us, wants to tie us down, wants to hold us back. But Jesus Christ came riding in on a donkey to set you and I free from sin, condemnation, shame. And the Bible tells us in John 8 that whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And you and I, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, I wish I get a church up in here that was free that would say, you know what? Because of what Jesus has done, I'm untied from that generational curse. That I'm untied from that addiction that held me back for so long, that I'm untied to that negative thought, that I'm untied from that habit or that bad relationship, and I am going to live in that freedom because God is, a, I'm on a mission for God, I'm on a purpose that He has given me for my life. Is there any free people in the house? Can we give them a big shout of praise? you got to get free. I mean, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to untie somebody else when you tied yourself. Right? And I, I just want to encourage some of you. I heard this story one time about this elephant. This elephant, we're talking about donkeys and elephants, all right? We're just all, all over the place today. I like it. But, but this elephant was, was, as a baby, what they would do when they would bring them into the circus, they would bring them in and they would tie a little rope. They'd take a rope and they place it around its leg and they would attach it to a, a post. And again, if that little, that, little, uh, that little elephant tried to get off of there, he couldn't because he wasn't strong enough to get off. Right? He wasn't strong enough to pull the little uh, post that he was tied to down. But what, as, that, as that elephant began to grow, as he began to do all of this stuff, this, this elephant, who is one of the strongest animals in all of creation, right? He, he still had that thing tied to his leg that was tied to the post. And guess what? If that little dude, if he would have understood that, that 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 literally his strength, what God has given him, what he had done, he could literally break that in half and he could walk away. Sometimes by the end of their life, they would actually untatch the rope, just to just place it around their ankle and untatch it from the actual post that it was hooked to. And guess what? That elephant would never run away. You know why? Because he was always held down by that rope. And I just got to thinking about that. How many times in our life is that the very same thing that we do? That there's something from our past, that there's an addiction that has been there, and Satan loves to bring it up in your mind and say, you know what? God could never use you. God would never want to use you. Do you know who you are? Do you know how long you've been there? Do you know how what your age is? Do you know who your family is? And I just have to just shout it from the rooftops again. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. That you and I, because of what Jesus has done. We no longer have chains. That Jesus is a chain breaker, and I just want to tell you guys today, who the son sets free is free indeed. This little donkey, we can learn from him. He got free, and he went out and said, you know what, I'm going to go and do the very thing that I'm supposed to do, that I'm purposed to do, and I just want that for all of us in this room today. And the last thing, number four, I want to tell you, last thing, number four, life lessons from the donkey is that he made a way for the way maker. That's what this little donkey did. He made a way for the way maker. See, what I love about it is that he moved the master towards the mission. Right? He moved the master. His job, this donkey's job, was to deliver Jesus to the thing that he came to do. And again, Jesus knew what he was there for. Jesus knew that, that you know what? Jesus is the way maker, that Jesus is, is going to the cross. He's going to make a way for sin to be paid for that you and I could not do, that you and I could not pay for ourselves. And Jesus said, I'm going to go and I'm going to do that. And what did this donkey do? Jesus needed a way to get from one place to another place, from one point to another point. And so he listed the help of an insignificant, off-to-the-side beast of a burden that he would bear the burden of the world to sit on. Something that, again, nobody else would have chosen. That nobody else would have said was significant. God chose and Jesus chose. Say, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to use that very thing to be the thing that makes the way for me the way maker. That's what Jesus said. And I think about it. Imagine just for a second. Again, I kind of read the Bible in kind of an ADHD mind of mine. And I think about that donkey. And I can just imagine that donkey running down through that parade. And I think about that idea that this donkey, you know, everybody's, they've cut in another version of the the story. They've cut palm branches off, and they're waving these palm branches, and they're laying them down. And I can just imagine this donkey being like, ooh, well, this is fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when I think of donkey, I think of the donkey off Shrek. Anybody else there? Okay. Just, Just making sure, okay? Like, I'm thinking about Big Mouth, just loves to talk. Like, oh, I just see him just strutting down, strutting down the streets right there. And being like, ooh, this is nice. You know, like, ooh. Man, they're waving and stuff. Well, they're putting their coats—you know—the coats down on the ground. Oh, this is good. I love this. And uh, thinking, oh my goodness, I remember that one time that I could have chased that little donkey. She was cute. But here I am now leading the parade, right? Like, well, I stay where I was supposed to be. I could be leading the parade now for the King of Kings and the Lord. Of the Lord. Ooh, we look. I can just see him high stepping. Look at me. And I think of again, donkey off of Shrek. Just go there. Just high step. Just imagine for just a second that, that that's kind of what this donkey would have been feeling, thinking maybe. And I, I don't know about you, but as I begin to think about that, how many of you know that it wasn't about the donkey? Right? How many of you know that it wasn't about him? It was about the one that he was carrying, right? He got to experience some incredible things. He got to see miracles take place all because he was carrying the one that mattered. And I think for so many of us in the same way, God, help us. God, would you help us to be like the donkey who carried Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. God, help us to understand our job is to transport the one that can transform somebody else's life. That it's not about you and I. It's not about us getting glory. It's about the one that you and I are carrying. And help us, God to understand that my purpose is to carry the presence and love of God to everyone that I meet. Don't let me God get distracted by all the waving things and shiny things that are around me. God help me to stay focused on the mission and that is making a way for the waymaker to do what only he can do. And I just want to challenge some of us. Man, you and I can learn from this donkey that we are we have an ability to make a way for the waymaker. That wherever you're called to go, whatever position that you find yourself in, that you are called to make a difference for Jesus. And I think about, as I was a kid growing up, my dad was in here in the first. We used to, uh, literally, we used to tape, um, like not tape, but like, uh, that shows my age. I'm really sorry. Um, we used to DVR Extreme Home Makeover. Anybody remember that show? Come on, come on, wave at me if that's you. You remember that, like, Ty Penny, just like, whoa, you know, all the time. That's That's Ty. I feel like I am Ty Pennington like a, I don't know, like I just feel like he's wild and crazy, and and again having his like designer jeans on and a tool belt, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I just you see him out there, and extreme homemaker over. What would happen is they would come in and they would uh, say, you know what? Hey, this is a family that has been through a, a tragedy or been through something, or a former military man, or a family that had, that was dealing with with illness or sickness or or whatever special needs, whatever it might be. And I love that they'd roll up in somebody's neighborhood, they roll up in the house, and, and, uh, and guess what they would do? They would say, hey, guys, listen, we're about to take this, and we're about to give you an extreme home makeover this week. And everybody's like, woo! You know, they're just excited. Like, okay, we're going to send you away for a week, and as we send you away, you're not even going to recognize what happens at your house over the next week, right? So they go away, the family gets sent, like, in a limo, they go to, like, wherever, and about three days in, you know, like, midweek, you have, like, that... Y'all know what I'm talking about when, when he... Ty would like FaceTime in, you know what I'm talking about? He's like in the background, he's like, hey guys, can't really see what's going on back here and it's beeping in the background, beep, 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 but it's going to be awesome, right? Like he's just really excited about that and he's like, okay, I can't wait for you guys to be home, we'll see you in a couple days, right? And they, get go- they get home in three days and they come in, pulling in the limo, right? They get to the house and in front of the house, like they're kind of keeping their eyes closed, do y'all remember what's in front of the house? It's a big old bus, right? Big old bus is blocking the view from the house, right? And all the community's there, and everybody's got signs and cheering them on. Whoa, this is great! Love this! It's this awesome! And the family gets out the car, and, you know they're they're kind of keeping their eyes closed, and the bus is in front of the way. And and then uh, at a moment, Ty hollers out and he says, "All right, on the count of three, we're gonna yell something." Y'all know what that is? Okay, but, Yeah, y'all watched y'all watched that back growing up, didn't you? Okay, so let you yell, "Move that bus!" All right, going we gonna we're gonna try that together, okay? All right, ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, I feel like I'm there, right? And what would happen is you hear the the brakes would let off. Next thing you know is this thing pulls out the way. And all of a sudden, these kids are like, oh! And the dad's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. And then the mom's like, whoa, she's doing a praise dance around. She don't even know Jesus, but she's praising Jesus like she does. You know what I'm saying? Like she's just having a ball doing all this and they go inside and again you got to understand this family could never have afforded this opportunity on their own but thanks to some generous people that go inside the house that they never could afford there's like an indoor basketball goal and like a slide and llamas are in the kitchen like making coffee it's awesome right it's is like an incredible it's an incredible makeover And the more I got to thinking about that, the more I got to just thinking back to my childhood with my family sitting around watching ABC and watching that happen was in the exact same way. Guess what God has done for us in the exact same way he has made a way for us that we could never make for ourselves. That he is a way maker. That he is a healer. That he is a redeemer. That he is a forgiver. That he's all about new beginnings. And he's doing for us what we could never do or pay for ourselves. And I want to be a church. I want to be an individual that lives life where you and I move the bus out of the way so that other people can see Jesus. Come on. Can we give Him a big shout of praise? All over this place. Come on. Let's be those kind of people that say, move the bus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. We're making a way for the way maker, just like the donkey that carried Jesus from one place to another. I'm going to put a challenge out to some of you today. Be a way for the way maker to do what only he can do. Man, would you you invite somebody to come with you next week? Would you bring somebody with you in this place? Would you would you share a meal with somebody this so week? Share your faith with them.
1: Man, I'm I, I'm asking you. I'm
0: imploring you. I'm I'm commissioning you. I'm sending you based off of what God has told us to do. Let's go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit let's do whatever it takes to see people that we know that may be far from God do whatever it takes to connect them to Jesus and help them live on purpose come on if you believe that can you stand on your feet and can we give God a big shout of praise in this place put your hands together for King Jesus and you you may not be able to write this down but this is my last point that I have for you let God use you Because you just never know who's waiting on him. So there's people on the other side of that ride in from that donkey. That that donkey let God use him. That that donkey let Jesus use him to take him him to a place where ultimately he would give his life for you and I. So I just want to challenge some of us. Let God use you because you just never know who's waiting on him. So whoever that might be for this week, man, let's go out there and make a difference. Let me just pray for us, and we'll keep uh, finishing up our service. God, we love you so much. And Jesus, we just pause to say thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for giving your life for us. Today, we just say thank you. Thank you for what you've done, Jesus. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you've never decided to put your faith in Jesus. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've never accepted him. If that's you, and today is the day that you need to make that decision. Where I'm going to put Jesus at the front of my life. Not because of what I can do or what I did, but because of everything he did on the cross. And I'm going to accept that forgiveness today. If that's you and you need to put your faith in Jesus, once you do something like this. You don't have to pray it word for word. I just need you to mean it in your heart. Say, Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? you set me free I believe you died on the cross I believe you gave your life for me Now help me live for you I believe you got out of the grave and that you're giving me a purpose to God and make a difference wherever you have called me to go maybe you're here maybe you're watching online you just prayed that or something like it but you meant it in your heart and you just said Jesus I needed a relationship with you and I just asked Jesus to come in and save you if that's you man I'm so proud of you we're so happy for you. You made the best decision that you've ever made in your entire life. And again, one of our responses here at this church, one of our core values is celebrations. our response. And we're going to be a church that takes it very seriously. When you say yes to Jesus, man, we want to help. I know you got questions. I know you may be saying, okay, now what do I do? Well, we want to help with that. And so if you're in this room, in just a second, we've got some cards that are in your seat. If you can, in your seat, if you could feel that card out and on the backside of that card. There's a this today I said yes to Jesus. If you don't mind doing that, we've got a prayer team. Uh, a couple of prayer team members are going to be down here at the front of either side of the stage, man. We would love to for you to bring that to them. And then, listen, we want to give you a Bible. We want to encourage you. We want to let you know that, man, listen, we love you. We're excited for you. You made the best decision you've ever made. And if you're watching online or you're listening on the podcast, all you got to do is text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Let us know that, and we can't wait to follow up with you this week. I'm going to count to three. I want you to move. Our serve team is going to move as well so that you're not the only one moving. They're going to stay in the room, but they're going they're just going to move, so you're not the only one moving. On to count of three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Would you move? That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I love that. And again, one more time, if you're watching online or... Listening on the podcast, would you text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488 if you made that decision for Jesus today? Well, come on, Purpose Church. Can we lift up our heads? Can we give Jesus the loudest ovation that we've given him all week long? Come on. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to OurPurpose.Church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on Purpose.